Hello, everybody. This is Paul Murray, keeping it real on the Winning It Money podcast, where we're going to explore financial topics that are of interest to you, insightful topics, topics that are going to make a real difference, and sometimes they're going to be downright controversial, or in this case, today, irreverent. So the title of this particular podcast is Why Do My Bond Funds Suck? Now, why in the world would I make such a strong statement? Well, it actually was inspired by a header on an email that I received from a client of mine who's also a very good friend of mine. So it was a little bit tongue in cheek. But I think a lot of investors are probably asking themselves the same question. Why do my bond funds suck? And I think that what we really need to do as investors is get to the core of why we're investing in bonds in the first place. To begin with, we're supposed to, right? That's what people told us. If we want to mitigate the risks in the stock market, we want to invest in bond funds or fixed income investments. They're going to be more stable. They're going to be less volatile. They're going to produce predictable, reliable income. And when stocks zig, bonds will zag. Unfortunately, since the 2008 financial crisis, there's been really tight correlation uh, in, in a lot of instances, in a lot of periods, particularly in periods of declines, where stocks and bonds have really tracked in the same exact direction. And that's not helpful to investors if the whole point of investing in bonds is to mitigate the risk of stocks or at least to experience that non-correlated or uncorrelated performance of when the stock market is selling off, the bonds are increasing in value, and maybe in periods of strong stock market performance, you can expect less than stellar results in your bonds. Well, I think that what we really need to understand here is what are bond funds and what is actually going on. And I want to begin by talking about what a bond is. Because most people don't really know what a bond is. They think about fixed income as an asset class and they need to own a certain amount of fixed income or bond funds just because you know they're looking at a pie chart or they're taking a risk questionnaire. But it's not really that simple. You need to understand what you actually own. So at the most basic level, a bond is essentially an arrangement between a company a government, a municipality, if you will, and an individual investor where you lend them money and they pay you a stated rate of return for a period of time. Typically in the bond world, we call these interest payments. And in the old days, they used to call them coupons because literally you could clip a coupon, you had a book and it showed you how much interest you would receive each month or semi-annually over the term of the bond. So when you lend a company this money, the expectation is at some point in the future, you're going to get your money back. And that could be five years or 10 years or 15 or 20 years into the future. But all the while, you're going to be collecting an interest payment. So for example, if I give Apple Corporation, I buy an Apple Corporation bond, I spend $10,000 and I own that bond, and it's a 10-year bond, I know I'm going to receive interest payments for a period of 10 years, after which I'm going to receive 
my principal back. And then I can go and reinvest it. Now, for many, many years, investors would buy individual bonds and do exactly that. They would park their money there for a while, collect a reasonable, you know, inflation-adjusted interest rate, and then they would get their money back and find something else to do with it in the future. And that's where you get these, you know, stock brokerage firms. What they basically would do is call up, you know, investors and say, hey, we've got a great new bond issue. It's perfect for you. It's A-rated, high quality, and it's paying a 6%, you know, coupon or interest rate. And it's a 10-year bond. And after the 10 years, we'll, we'll figure out, you know, where we go from there. Now, one of the little known facts about bonds in this type of an arrangement is it is absolutely true that unless the company goes bankrupt or the entity, whatever it might be, you will get your money back at the end of whatever that term is. But during the period of that term, let's say in our example, a 10-year bond, other investors find the bond attractive. It actually trades out there in the open market. So three years into this bond term, if you will, me as an investor, I can go in to the market and purchase that bond. And it might be worth more or less at that moment in time. And a lot of what determines what the price of the bond is, is interest rates. So if interest rates are lower than what my bond is yielding, it is very likely that my bond on the open market will increase in value. If, on the other hand, we're in a period of rising inflation and rising interest rates, my bond might actually fall in value because newer issues or investors in general are going to be seeking higher yields than mine. So they might actually go in the open market and sell the bond that I own, which is going to produce lower prices. So supply and demand works with bonds. It's still true that unless the company or institutional, you know, entity or, you know, municipality or what have you, unless they go bankrupt, I'm still going to get my original principal value back. But during the period of time that I'm holding this individual bond, that bond price could go up or down. Now, bond fund managers have essentially taken over the new issue market. When I started my career at Morgan Stanley in 2000, I could actually look at a list of bonds in inventory and actually recommend them to my clients as part of their overall investment strategy. But over the years, corporations, municipalities, would effectively issue bonds that were gobbled up by institutions like mutual fund managers or other institutional investors, pension funds, if you will, insurance companies. So it became incredibly, incredibly difficult for individual investors to actually own individual bonds anymore. Hence the rise of the bond fund. Now, in the case of a bond fund... I own a portfolio of bonds that are selected for me by a bond fund manager. It could be an exchange-traded fund. It could be a mutual fund. And that manager is out there in the open market buying bonds and managing a bond portfolio for me. 
But the interesting thing about that is, is that what I'm giving up in exchange for this professional management is, is the principal return. There is no guarantee that the principal will be returned to me. I mean, some bond funds own literally hundreds, if not thousands of different bonds of varying maturities. It is not the goal of the bond fund manager or ETF to return your principal to you. It is only that they give you an experience of investing in the fixed income markets, of having a diversified portfolio of bonds. The interest payments will be payable to you. You'll be able to collect your interest payments. But what you will see is, is that bond fund managers will go out into the open market and sometimes they'll buy new bonds and sometimes they will sell some of the bonds that they own. And sometimes this will produce capital gains for you. And in the case of exchange-traded funds, that's generally not the case. But the price of your bond fund will fluctuate based on the underlying value of the bonds at any given point in time. Because again, the manager is not there to manage a portfolio that is designed to return your principal at any point in time. It's designed to produce what we call in our industry a total return in which we give them $10,000. At any given point in time, the yield could be, let's say, 2 or 3 or 4%. We get to collect those more often than not monthly, these interest payments. And for as long as we hold the bond, we're going to get these interest payments, which can fluctuate because there may be different bonds coming in and out of the portfolio. But more importantly, the principal value of our investment can go up or go down. Now, for the last 30 years or so, up until very, very recently, the value of our bond funds has largely been increasing because interest rates have been dropping since the 1980s. And when interest rates fall, there is a demand for bond yields that are already existing that are higher than those prevailing interest rates. So there's a strong demand for fixed income at that point in time because we want to get a return on our money and interest rates you know, in the, in the free market are falling. So it, it makes bonds already existing out there attractive. So bond funds did produce positive returns for the most part for the last 30 years. Now, the important thing to understand always is that while the bond fund manager may be managing this portfolio for me, he or she is also managing this portfolio for many, many people, my friends, my neighbors, my clients, and you name it. And if lots of those people decide that they want to sell that bond fund for whatever reason, they want to raise some cash or you know, the, you know their advisor is suggesting that they get into another fund, if they're going to hit the sell button, then the manager who's managing my fund is going to need to sell some of the bonds within the portfolio at whatever point in time they need to do so. And the bonds could be higher or lower in price. Now, this could result in in me paying a capital gains tax on the distribution for my bond fund, not so necessarily from an ETF, but from a bond mutual fund. But more importantly, it is going to affect the value of my bond fund net asset value, the, the value of the bonds in the portfolio. Because if there are sellers out there, they're going to drive the price of the bonds down. That's just the way that it goes. 
So as much as I feel that, you know, I want to give of my money to a manager who's going to manage these funds for me, these bonds for me, it doesn't always mean that I'm going to get positive returns because if my peers, if my friends and neighbors decide to sell, it could drive down the price of my investment. And I have absolutely no control over that whatsoever. And this is one of the little known facts about how mutual funds in general work or even exchange traded funds. I mean, if the, if the underlying value of the bonds is going down because there's more sellers than buyers, I'm going to experience a loss in my portfolio. But when I own a mutual fund or an exchange traded fund, I'm not really in control of that. Other sellers could really be in control, in control of the price action of my investment and their actions could produce losses for me. If my bond manager needs to sell some bonds to raise cash to, di- to distribute to these people at a profit, then I'm going to get a tax bill at the end of the year. I'm going to get a 1099 if it's in an individual account or a joint account, a non-retirement account that's going to show that a capital gain was distributed, but I didn't sell it. But no, other people sold it and it gets reported because the fund itself has to report the gains and losses uh, in which it sells, um, you know, internally, if you will. So just a, a little piece of information there that you might not know about what this sort of shared ownership experience might ultimately result in, in terms of your performance and what your expectation should be. What really prompted my client to ask me why bond funds suck or why his bond funds suck is because what he's been observing, and the date today is April 30th, 2022, just to give us a benchmark here to figure out, you know, what am I talking about? In what space are we are we living right now? What he's been observing is over the last couple of years or so, bonds have been flat to downright negative. And the, the scary part about that is, is that when most people invest in bond funds, they don't expect to have the experience of losing money because they've been conditioned to believe that they're stable, they're solid, they're conservative investments. The, the idea is not to go into the bond fund with the idea that you're going to lose money. But at its core, it's like any other investment. It's going to have up, it's ups, it's going to have downs because the bonds inside of a bond fund are trading on the open market. So you have to accept that there's going to be Good times and bad times in any investment, that's what markets can produce, cycles or periods of great performance and not so great performance. But what I find to be really uniquely interesting about bonds, and bond funds in particular, is that since the financial crisis, we've had a prevailing interest rate policy that has been so historically low that it's really largely driven up the stock market. Because institutions can literally borrow money, buy back their stock, drive up the stock prices. Uh, investors can borrow money to buy more stocks. I, I certainly don't don't take money out of your house or a, or a line of credit to do that. That's nuts for professional hedge fund or institutional investors. But cheap money has really fueled this this explosive growth in stock purchasing. The demand side has been strong for stock and less so for bonds. But the low interest rate environment has produced an, a world in which bond funds have given us, given us lackluster returns to, to be kind. And I want to give you an exact example 
a very contemporary example of a bond fund and how it has performed over the last 10 years or so. I'm going to choose one of the more popular selections for investors out there, the Vanguard Total Bond Market ETF. There's also a mutual fund version of this that performed right in line with it. But I'm going to use the ETF because in this modern times, people are kind of gravitating towards ETFs and you know the, the flexibility of trading and all of that. Well, let me tell you where we are today. Currently, this bond fund yields 2.92%. That means that I'm going to collect almost 3% in interest if the bond fund doesn't go anywhere. That's what's known as the 30-day SEC yield. Okay, has, you know, some some relationship to the price, but for the most part, that is where the yield is as of yesterday, April 29th, 2022. So that's not bad because if I went to the bank and I looked at, you know, five-year CDs, I'm not going to get a 3% yield from a five-year CD. So on face value, this looks pretty good. But if I made my $10,000 investment 10 years ago in this bond fund, because it's what I'm supposed to do and it's, it's how I'm supposed to mitigate the risk of stocks, I want to share with you what my return experience would have been over various periods in time. So over the last year, the Vanguard Total Bond Market ETF is down. April 30th of last year to April 30th of this year, 8.7%. That's significant. I've lost almost 10% of the value that I invested in that in the last year alone. Now, this is a bond fund, right? If I look at my return, and these are published reports here on the Vanguard website. I'm going to give them full credit you know, and, and uh, citation here. If I owned this bond fund over the last three years, my average annual return in this fund was 0.35%. Let me repeat that. 0.35% was my return for owning this bond fund over the last three years. If I own this bond fund for a period of the last five years, my average annual return over that period of time, taking into consideration where we are today and where we started five years ago, was 1.16%. 1.16% was my return if I owned this fund for the last five years. And if I owned it for 10 years, my average annual return was 1.66%. Now, full disclosure, there were certain years in there where the bond fund did better. And this most recent performance of minus 8.7% over the last year has really dragged down the historical performance. But if I look at when this bond fund was actually launched, the ETF was launched back in April of 2007, my average annual return was 3.23%. So when my friend asked me, why do my bond funds suck? He's looking at his statement values. He's looking at current experience. But we can almost extrapolate that out to this sort of a broader story of compared to stocks 
bond returns have been pretty lame. I mean, there have been some years where bond returns have been pretty good. And there are some that haven't been so great. But even before the fall in bond fund values, beginning in January of 2022, we really should not have expected to get a return better than 3 to 4% from our bond funds. And, and that's just been the nature of things and the nature of the market. At the same time, coming out of the greatest financial crisis since the Great Depression in 2009, back in March, where we reached that historic you know, 666 low on the S&P 500, you know, we have gotten tremendous, tremendous returns from the stock market relative to the bond market. So I think most of you are probably asking yourselves the same question that my client is asking himself. I, as an investment manager, am also asking myself the same questions. And I would say that, you know, bonds as an asset class are a viable alternative. The problem simply has been that since 2008, and even maybe before 2008, we've seen interest rates that have been steadily falling literally for the last 30, 40 years. Back in the 80s, late 70s, we were in a very high inflationary environment, and it was the policy of the, the federal government and the Federal Reserve to, to reduce inflation and to reduce interest rates. Uh, they used interest rates as a tool to do so. But eventually, demand for these investments caused bond yields to, feel, to, to fall. So very quickly, uh, if I may, um, there's an inverse relationship between the price of a bond and its yield. When the price of the bond is falling, its yield increases. When the yield of a bond is coming down, when that interest rate is coming down, it, it signals that the bond is in higher demand, that the price is increasing. So what we've been seeing is a strong appetite for the relative safety of the bond market and fixed income investments for the last 40 years. But as of January 2022, people have just decided they don't want to own them anymore because inflation has returned and interest rates are rising. And, you know, the, the funds that they own, own bonds that have lower interest rates than the direction of interest rates in the current market. I hope I'm being clear here because talking about bonds can be a very confusing thing. But generally speaking, when you have rising inflation and rising interest rates, you're going to have bond funds that are falling in value. So, and bonds themselves that are falling in value. As a result, their yields will increase and eventually at some point they will become attractive and someone will come in and buy them. Give you an example. A par rate for a bond that it's issued at is typically 100. If that bond yields 6% and it falls to 90 in price, okay? There's not strong demand for it. There's sellers out there, and, and they're offering this bond at $90 a, sh uh, a bond. In that case, my yield might increase to 7%, and that might be the trigger for me to say, oh, you know what? I like that. 7% is better than 6%. That's what's known as the yield to maturity. If I hold this bond to maturity and I buy it at 90, I will get a 7% rate of return at the end of that period of time I get my money back. But as I already mentioned, 
Most people are not investing in individual bonds. They're investing in bond funds. And so the bond managers are trying to do just that. They're trying to buy bonds cheap with a higher yield so that they can produce returns in their portfolios. The problem is their portfolio of bonds is falling in price because interest rates are rising and inflation is rising as well. So what is an investor to do if they're looking for the safety of bonds, but they don't want to own bonds or bond funds? Well, there's really only a couple of choices out there. I mean, if you consider that we're in a higher inflationary period now here in April of 2022, you probably don't want to put your money under the mattress or the the, uh, safety deposit box or under, you know, uh, under a rock somewhere. You don't want to put it in money markets or CDs because they're not even keeping up with inflation. And if you're bailing out on your bond funds, you know, that are not mitigating the risk of stocks, they're down just as much as stocks really here at the beginning of the year in 2022. They've mirrored the return of the S&P 500 largely. What are we going to do? Where can we go? Well, there's a couple of investments that exist out there that you know probably require a ton of disclaimers, but they're known as principal protected investments. For those of you who own cash value of life insurance policies, there are costs associated with these policies to to produce death benefits and other benefits, maybe long-term care benefits. But the cash value within the policy cannot fall as a result of what's going on in the market. So in some sense, that is, a, that is sort of a, a principal protection investment. If I own a universal life policy or an indexed universal life policy or something along those lines that has cash, a whole life that has cash value in it, as long as I'm paying my premiums, the cash value is not likely to be reduced even to pay for the insurance, but it can never be reduced by what's going on in the stock and bond markets. So cash value of life insurance is one example of a principal protection investment that offers maybe on average similar to bond-like returns, maybe 3 to 6% on average, but can't lose money. Another investment that is similar is also an insurance company-issued investment called a fixed indexed annuity, in which case I invest money in a product, if you will, that the growth of which is linked to the performance of an index. And the product, by definition, cannot experience any losses. So it's principal protected. In other words, if my index goes down 10%, my return that year is zero. If my index goes up 10%, however, I'm not necessarily going to get that 10% return because the insurance companies cap my returns or give me a participation rate. Once again, the expectation should be that you, you know, sort of land on this three to 6% average rate of return for a fixed index annuity, which is very similar to a bond like return. The only difference is unlike bonds, it cannot lose value. Now, again, there's a lot of asterisks. This is not a solicitation. Nothing I say in these programs is is a recommendation to buy anything. I'm trying to educate you about what alternatives are. Because when you talk about principal protection products, you have insurance company products like annuities, and that specifically fixed annuities or fixed indexed annuities 
not variable annuities, because as the name implies, you can lose principal in a variable annuity. So fixed annuities, which have a fixed rate, which is, is, is it's, it's sort of like a, an insurance company sponsored CD. It doesn't have FDIC insurance, but the concept is the same. And then you also have insurance company products like life insurance policies that build cash value. These are principal protection investments. CDs are principal protection investments, money markets, cash, checking accounts, stuffing the money under the mattress or putting it in a safe deposit box. So when you think about bond funds, what you want to be thinking about is why do I own them? What, what am I trying to get out of this? Am I trying to get a gain access to an asset class? Okay, that's a good investment thesis. In a rising interest rate environment, bond prices are falling. We like to buy low, right? So maybe maybe it's a good time for me to allocate a portion of my portfolio to bonds as they are selling off here. I'd like to buy you know any investment on a discount. Maybe that's a, a viable investment thesis. Do I want to receive perhaps high current income? Well, if I own a bond fund, my income is not going to be exactly the same month to month because the bonds are changing in the portfolio. The distributions can be changing in the portfolio. But in general, I might have an expectation as to the income that I should receive from owning a bond fund. High yield bond funds, otherwise known as junk bond funds, have higher yields or interest payments typically than investment grade bond funds and government bond funds. Government bond funds will have the lowest interest payments. They're the safest investments out there. They pay the lowest rate of interest or coupon. So you you need to make this decision about why you want to be in bond funds. But if we're in bond funds, if we own bond funds because we're trying to mitigate the risk of stocks, that doesn't always work out to be the case. And what we witnessed during the coronavirus experience was, you know, correlation for a period in the fourth quarter of 2018, when stocks sold off, you know, almost 15% bonds were volatile during that period as well. Certainly here at the beginning of 2022, we've observed, you know, identical movements, perfect correlation in the direction of stocks and bonds. And in fact, bond funds are matching stock funds in losses for investors. So I hope that I was able to explain to you why bond funds suck. What is a bond? And what is a fund designed to do? The question that you have to ask yourself is, what allocation of my portfolio should go to bonds? If any, what am I trying to get out of it? What do I hope to accomplish? And what should my expectations be? If you have any questions about any of these topics, please contact us for more information. We're happy to try and fill in some of the details. I can be reached at paul at ptmwealth.com. Paul at ptmwealth.com. Until next time, this is the Winning at Money podcast, and I'm Paul Murray. Paul Murray.